Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. One of the topics around college football that I have personally probably found the most frustrating here over the course of the last couple of years is the degree to which that Brock Bowers, the Georgia tight end, and a guy who's quickly becoming kind of a do-everything guy for the Georgia offense, the, the degree to which where he just does not quite get the level of attention you think he sort of should get. I mean, we've all had our turn at kind of making fun of the Mackey Award for the fact that Bowers wasn't even a finalist for the award a year ago. Well, we've said that, and we've kind of even noticed this year that given the success that he's had, that maybe, just maybe, folks still aren't quite so sure or maybe as aware as they should be of just how good Bowers really is. However, there's also some evidence today that some of that might be changing. I'm going to get to that here in a moment. But first, let's sort of recap just how dominant Bowers has been. Long rushing touchdown last week against Kent State, putting more of his great athleticism on display. And Kirby Smart, after that game on Saturday, made it very clear in one very succinct word the way that he thinks Brock Bowers ought to be viewed, the way that certainly Georgia views what they have in uh, Bowers. This is what Kirby called him after the game on Saturday. Yeah, what a weapon he is, what a tough character he is. Uh, he, he makes you defend the whole 53, right? So when he comes in motion, the expectation is i got to stop the sideline, and it loosens them up inside for some, some softer runs too. You know, when you run for 250 and throw for 250 or something like that, you're doing something right. Harvey, I know you, you don't see, can't look at the big picture in college football, but is there a player more dynamic right now than Brock? I, I, you just said it. I don't know that there is because I don't see, I don't get to see it. You know, I don't feel like I've seen many games this year, but it's hard for me ever to do comparison. But for what he does, I, mean, I don't think people understand what an incredible blocker he is. And he doesn't get to do that that much. The other incredible player out there is, is Darnell. You know, if you go back and look at Brock's biggest plays this year, Darnell's been a big part of that. And uh, I was so proud and happy to see him. You know, the first play of the game, he's wide open, and the play was to go to him. And Stetson took a shot, being aggressive, and Darnell was there. The very next play, Darnell, I mean, uh, Brock gets a touchdown, and Darnell's celebrating. He's the first one in the end zone to go celebrate with him. And his block sprung him. And, uh, again, Darnell's blocking combined with what Brock does uh, on the perimeter and and even the catch Darnell made today was pretty incredible. So the package of those two, they complement each other really well. Interesting points from Smart on Darnell Washington. We'll get more to that here in, in just a moment. But in terms of the way in which Brock Bowers is such a weapon for the Georgia offense and the degree to which some folks kind of haven't really noticed that the way they should, I think there potentially might be a couple of reasons for that. And one of those is that despite the fact that you just heard Kirby Smart going on and on about what a weapon Brock Bowers is, the truth is Bowers is a little bit of an unassuming guy. You know, he doesn't necessarily look, he doesn't tower over you the way that Darnell Washington would when he speaks. He doesn't speak with a lot of me first type conjecture. He's a little bit more content to kind of share glory with everybody else. In fact, you want to go back to him a couple of weeks ago to the South Carolina game, another game in which he really showed out. It was Bowers, though, saying, hey, it's not just about me. It's about the fact that this entire offense right now is really firing on all cylinders. So Bowers giving a chance to toot his own horn really kind of pivoted back to the success the Georgia offense overall is having. And that may be one of the reasons why maybe he's not getting individually as much attention as he could. This is Bowers from a couple of weeks ago. I think it is difficult just to um, stop our offense. We've got so many playmakers, like I said, um, 
like Marcus, Ladd, just all the receivers, our running backs, Kenny can get on the perimeter, Kendall run downhill, uh, and then our tight end room is good. So, I mean, I think it's just hard to stop just because we got so many playmakers. So that's him saying, listen, the offense is not just hard to stop me. It's hard to stop everybody because of the number of tight ends that are here. And he even mentioned, like, or I should say, the number of playmakers that we have, even mentioning those additional tight ends. And wasn't it interesting that after that game against South Carolina, that's the game in which Bowers is speaking after, after that game against South Carolina, when Kirby was asked a direct question about Bowers, who had, had a huge game against the Gamecocks, kind of like he had a huge game against Kent State this past Saturday. Once again, in the answer that Kirby Smart gave, obviously giving praise to Bowers as he deserves, but also kind of pivoting to the other big tight end who is commonly on the field for Georgia, Darnell Washington. And when you think about what Bowers is, what Kirby says, hey, you have to maintain the name Darnell Washington also as a part of this discussion. This was Kirby Smart echoing a similar tone after the South Carolina game a couple of weeks ago. You know, the thing about Brock that's so hard you don't get to measure is the amount of tension he draws, you know, 121, whatever that is, yards, five for five. But, you know, three or four of those plays that Brock made, there are people blocking down the field, elite blocking down the field. So Darnell Washington on one of the little crack screens we run pins a guy, and the hole, guys, holes are created through displacement, not just blocking. Darnell displaces people. So I think Brock would be the, the first one to tell you that his success – comes from a lot of perimeter and things like that, touches that other guys uh, make great blocks on. Marcus Rosemey had two or three, the, the selflessness of this group. Now, the play he made in the corner of the end zone, nobody blocked for him on that one because that was a, a elite catch. Um, and then the run after catch on the play action. But, again, the play action play he made in the second half was set up by the run. You know, if you run the ball two or three times, those safeties are coming down and he's running by you. Uh, but he's a special player and – I don't know that I've been around somebody that works as hard as he and Darnell do in practice. So isn't that interesting? Kirby, when asked about Brock Bowers after the Kent State game, kind of pivoted towards Darnell a little bit and pretty heavily pivoted towards Darnell when asked about Brock Bowers after the South Carolina game. And Kirby even goes so far as to say, actually, Brock Bowers might be the first one to tell you uh, how much his success is benefited by having other great tight ends in that tight end room with him including guys who are blocking for him in some of his bigger plays. In fact, we don't have to wonder if that is true. We can know that is true for a fact. You want to go back earlier, kind of just right before the start of the season, uh, Brock Bowers was more than happy to talk about just how deep the tight end room is, Darnell Washington in particular. So in a day and age in which a lot of folks are thinking, hey, Brock Bowers ought to be getting more attention, Bowers has been quite content to give attention other players he shares the uh, position with at UGA much the same way that Smart suggested that he would this was Bowers from just a couple of weeks ago I think Titans have been playing uh, pretty good Darnell like on film you can see he's playing physical and uh, I feel like I'm trying to do my part and whenever uh, uh, Oscar and AG get out there they've been they've been doing their thing too knowing their assignment and just and everyone else who gets out there is just kind of doing their thing so there you go. Bowers kind of an unassuming guy, not really calling a lot of attention to himself, playing a part of a deep tight end position at Georgia. It can be easy to misunderstand just how much he actually stands out from the pack, not just the pack among tight ends or even the pack among the Georgia offense, but the pack in terms of everybody in college football, that it can be a little bit easy to overlook just how good Bowers is. And you've heard me say that before. But we also have some evidence that some of that might be changing. And actually, Bowers 
might now finally be getting some of the attention that maybe he deserves. I got this sent to me from a listener named Jay Green, and had he not sent this to me, I don't believe I would have seen it. I don't believe I would have known it. Maybe some of you are aware of this. I guess ESPN does a Heisman Trophy updater on ESPN.com during the week, and the only author here is listed as ESPN staff, so I guess this is just sort of tabulated by whomever and put out there. And what they apparently do is, and like I said, this is a new piece of content for me. Maybe some of you are more aware of this. But what they apparently do is is they poll 15 different Heisman voters about what your Heisman ballot might look like. Now, these are anonymously sourced, of course, because you're not really supposed to publicize who you vote for until it's all said and done. But when you look at what came out this week, according to these randomly selected 15 Heisman voters at ESPN.com, actually Brock Bowers may be finally getting some of the attention that he really does deserve. Because this is what the folks kind of gave you here. C.J. Stroud was the number one selection of the 15 voters, um, and he got eight first-place votes among them. Then it was Jalen Daniels, who you may not know. He's the Kansas quarterback. Uh, Kansas off to a a 4-0 start here right now, and Daniels comes in at number two on that list. Bryce Young, last year's winner, is at three. But, y'all, Brock Bowers is number four on this list from ESPN, citing actual Heisman voters tabulated here this week. He even got one first-place vote right now, and that puts him ahead of the uh, number five guy, Will Anderson from Alabama, who uh, doesn't get any first-place votes here at the moment. So you want evidence that all of a sudden now Bowers is getting a little bit more attention. This story from ESPN.com kind of gives you an example of that. Now, let's also have some fun with this just for a second, too, because I'm not here to tell you I think that that Brock Bowers is going to win the Heisman Trophy. That's not what I'm here to tell you. But let's compare him right now to the other guys in this list. Now, it's fair to point out, well, you don't see Caleb Williams in this list. Eventually, you probably will. You don't see Stetson Bennett on this list. He probably deserves to be a part of this discussion, too. In other words, it's not obvious that Bowers is even the number one Heisman candidate on his own team. So this is not a full and complete list, but it is a list that apparently was compiled by Heisman voters themselves. So let's say that in this particular week, this is a snapshot of what the Heisman Award looks like. Well, here's what I can tell you. Uh, Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, he ain't winning the Heisman Trophy. Now, listen, I got respect for Kansas. I think they've been fun to watch here thus far this season, but I feel a little bit about them the same way I felt about Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt got off to a three and one start that came against lesser competition in conference play. We expected Vanderbilt to be exposed. They get the longest losing streak in the country against power five teams by a wide margin. Last Saturday that happened against Alabama. We think it continues to happen for Vanderbilt and Kansas, who's gotten off to an even better start, eventually the same thing is sort of going to be true. They've got losses coming eventually, and at that point, Jalen Daniels, I believe, will disappear from the discussion, although he's played well thus far. Bryce Young, a little bit different type of scenario. Young's a great player. I don't think he's had a great season thus far yet, but I believe he is truly a great player. But we've only seen one instance in Heisman Trophy history when the same players won in back-to-back years. I think in most situations, Heisman voters start their year looking for someone other than last year's winner when that guy returns for any season. I think that Bryce Young would have to have a historic season to win a back-to-back Heisman Trophy because I don't think that voters really want to vote for him again. And I don't think right now he's having that historic level of season. Maybe that changes right now. I don't believe that's the case. I actually think that Brock Bowers if his competition's Bryce Young, a guy who would have to win for a second consecutive year, he actually may fare better in a comparison like that than you might realize. Now, C.J. Stroud, big factor in the award, going to be true all season long, a very formidable challenger if you talk about actually winning it. But when you get to, like, Will Anderson, the other Alabama name, the defensive guy, 
a lot of folks will tell you a tight end can't win the Heisman Trophy, but do we have any proof that a defensive player can win it either? All of a sudden, when you start thinking about, oh, Bowers getting a lot of touchdowns, getting a lot of highlights, maybe Bowers in a side-by-side with Will Anderson, maybe he kind of does okay there too. So it's not my purpose here to tell you, hey, Brock Bowers going to win the Heisman Trophy, mark it down, place your bet on him right now. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, I'm not even quite so sure he would actually deserve it over Stetson Bennett for a million different reasons we can have as a conversation at some point in time in the future. All I'm telling you is, is based on the snapshot that ESPN provided this week, I myself am considering this as a little bit more of a realistic possible possibility than I thought, which is kind of a fun thing to consider. But no matter what, the bottom line is this. For a long time, Bowers has been one of the best players in the country and getting very little credit for it. At least now we have some evidence that's starting to change. And I believe that's a very good thing. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Kroger. Hopefully, we are also a very good thing for you there as well. Either way, we're happy you're here. Normally, we're live. Today, we're pre-recorded. I am on my way to Missouri for the game there on Saturday. Looking forward to giving you live game day coverage throughout the day at Dog Nation. That should be a lot of fun. And of course, it's all made possible by our friends at Kroger who deliver the show to you on all the video platforms, the podcast platforms, and the radio on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref and allow us to just do so many fun things. So big thanks to Kroger on all of that. They're also a great, great thing to know as you get ready for something that's really important for me, which is the uh, Halloween time of year. Young kids, Halloween's a big deal. That means decorations. If y'all notice how much decorations are kind of a part of the Halloween story now, it doesn't really feel like that used to be the case, but it seems like it kind of is now. Decorations, the decor, you get that right there at Kroger. Candy, you better believe you get that. And at our house, we're going to have like two silos for the candy. You got the candy you give out to the other kids. You get the candy you keep for yourself and enjoy throughout the month. Well, whichever batch you need to stock up on, Kroger's got you good on that too. In fact, 20% off those essentials for Halloween. If you'll check out Kroger.com slash Halloween, you can find out more on that. Kroger.com slash Halloween. And you can just get set up for the great, great savings right there at your local Kroger or just stop in store and just start saving right away at Kroger when it comes to Halloween. All right, we got Jeff Sintel coming up in a moment. We will go on the road, assisted by AAA with him, and get some big-time recruiting information. Jeff saw Raylan Wilson play earlier this week, saw an uh, interesting collection of UGA commits there on the Cockwood County side. And a matchup that was supposed to be Friday that got moved up earlier this week. Also, aftermath of Tyler Williams making his Georgia pledge earlier this week, too. So a lot of recruiting stuff with Jeff Sintel. We'll get that here for you in just a little bit. Also, kind of a quick version of Around the Doghouse here for a moment there as well. Presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And I mentioned a couple of Alabama names a moment ago. Will Anderson and Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy contenders for the Crimson Tide. They're going to be on display Saturday in a very big game against Arkansas. And here's what I kind of find to be interesting is that there will probably always be this comparison that's ongoing between Georgia and Alabama. Now, that used to be because of the fact that Kirby worked at Alabama. Now he's at Georgia and Alabama was the the prize that Georgia was chasing. I don't think that's quite so true anymore, but I don't think that the comparisons between Georgia and Alabama have necessarily stopped. The reason why you probably get Georgia-Bama comparisons now is because of all of the perceived elite teams in college football, with apologies to Michigan here, I guess, Georgia and Alabama are the only two 
that are in the same conference. Like maybe there might be two in the Big Ten. I'm waiting to see on Michigan for obvious reasons. I've kind of got my eye on Penn State a little bit. So eventually we may have two elite teams in the Big Ten. But for now, you know, it's kind of a Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson type of thing. And of those four, it's the two that are in the SEC that can get compared to each other. But as I told you, at one point in time, the comparison was used against Georgia. Ah, Georgia, you may be better than so-and-so, but you're not the best until you beat Bama. You're not the best until you do that. Well, last year, we all saw Georgia beat Alabama. It's Georgia who's the reigning national champion. And it just so happens that Georgia's also number one in the polls again. They didn't start there, but they are right now ranked number one. And so what that means is, is to me, the, the responsibility has shifted here. It's not Georgia's job to show that it's as good as Alabama. It's Alabama's job because it lost last year and it's ranked below Georgia now. It's Alabama's job to show that it is as good as UGA. And this weekend, I think, becomes pretty interesting in that regard. Two very different teams that both of you know Alabama and Georgia are playing, but they're both playing in the row, on the road in the SEC. And as of late, that has not been great for Alabama. We're going to talk about this more on Go With The Flow, presented by R.S. Andrews on Friday night here on the Dog Nation video channels. But if you want to go back and look at some of the recent gambling data, and as I said before, even if you don't bet on games, you have every right not to be interested in that whatsoever. Think about betting and point spreads as in a level of expectation that's been set for how a game is going to go. And as of late, Alabama has been underperforming against expectations when on the road. They have failed to cover the spread in four of their last five road games. And if you start thinking about the games themselves, it jogs your memory. They're supposed to throttle Auburn last year. They had to go into overtime to win the game. They were supposed to be very impressive this season against Texas. They were lucky to even win. Last year, a Florida team that was so bad that Dan Mulling got fired during the season almost actually won against Alabama. They did lose, Alabama did on the field at Texas A&M last year, the only game that Zach Howell's out of the quarterbacks ever played well, and the only game really of no for A&M last season was a win against Alabama. So it's not just the numbers here. It's also the names of the teams Alabama played. You'll remember this. Alabama's struggling on the road. But by comparison, Georgia not just winning games in the road, but winning them by a sizable margin that Georgia, once again on Saturday, finds itself as more than a 20-point favorite against an SEC team on the road. And in situations like that recently, Georgia has covered the spread four straight times, expected to win by more than 20, and actually winning by even more than that in four consecutive games. They've also done that same thing in seven of the last eight games in which they've been favored by more than 20 points on the road. The only time they didn't go back to September of 2020 when they were a 28-point favorite against Arkansas, won by 27. You'll remember that's the game in which Stetson Bennett came in to sort of save Georgia's bacon that day. But even in that fail-to-cover win, it was still 27-point margin in a game they were supposed to win by 28, so they didn't miss the mark by all that much there. So if you're looking for data points here of note, Can Georgia keep that going on Saturday? I think most of us think that, at least in some form or fashion, they kind of will. Can Alabama reverse the trend of being pushed around more than we're used to on the road? Bama fans are certainly hoping that's the case. But when you watch college football on Saturday, what Georgia does against an overmatched opponent, how easy can UGA make it look? Alabama in a game they're supposed to look like Alabama? 
Well, if they are still Alabama, then they should be able to do that. But there's a growing suspicion of exactly what Bama is capable of in spots like this. Worth considering as you watch college football on Saturday. That is Around the Doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And speaking of being at home, home is a precious place for you. And as you look around and appreciate your home, maybe you're also thinking about, you know what? I actually wish my home was somewhere else. I wish I could make the move that I want to make. Well, the best time for new beginnings could be now with our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And they want to help you make your next move wherever that next move might be. If you do need that new home next to a new job or closer to family, whatever your reasons are, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services wants to walk with you through that process. Or maybe it's time for you to make that investment. You've dreamed of having a rental property. You've dreamed of having some sort of income-producing property to supplement your retirement or just kind of have more money in your life, right? There's never a bad reason to have more of that. Real estate investing, a great way to do all of that too. And once again, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services can help you with that. Or maybe you've got a house to sell. Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's someone else's house that you need to sell because it's a family member, something like that. Once again, trusting a great real estate agent to help get you through that, a transaction expert, someone that understands the process that once the contract is signed, like the real work is just beginning, getting that to the closing table and what needs to be done to make all that happen. That's what our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services are all about. You can find them online, bhhsgeorgia.com. That's bhhsgeorgia.com. Make a decision to hire a great Berkshire Hathaway Home Services real estate agent for your real estate needs. Buying a home, selling a house, whatever you have uh, facing you, that's what they can do for you. So find them online, bhhsgeorgia.com. All right, before we're done, we're going to have more thoughts on big games of the weekend, including a little bit more on Bama, Arkansas, and a little bit more on Georgia, Missouri there too. But for now, the great talent that populates rosters like this, how did Georgia get to be so good? Well, it's winning great recruiting battles. And some big-time recruiting battles ongoing right now. One of those, Georgia won this week. Let's get more information on all of that as we go on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel here on Dog Nation Daily today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Time to go on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel, appropriately named for today because that's what Jeff has been doing on the road a lot. I guess a little bit of planes, trains, and automobiles for him down in Lakeland, Florida earlier this week, and obviously chasing, being chased by the weather a, a bit on that after four-star wide receiver Tyler Williams committed to UGA last night in Moultrie for a moved-up game between a couple of Georgia commits and obviously a, a big one there as well between Cockle County and Lincoln out of Tallahassee, Florida. Of course, we're recording this prior to it airing on Friday. So Jeff's seen a lot of recruits, seen a lot of the uh, southeastern section of the United States here over the course of the last couple of days and joins us here right now. Jeff, good morning and uh, thanks for being with us as always on the road, assisted by AAA, even on days in which we're kind of pre-recording this prior to Friday. Yeah, Brandon, I think uh, actually joining uh, joining you right now from the road in Osceola, Georgia. I know a lot of dog people, dog fans. I know a couple of dog fans that actually live in Osceola, but um, Here's a funny tidbit. I thought about that this morning on the road, Brandon. Um, since last Friday, I have seen five future Georgia Bulldogs in action. And that's from a Friday to a Wednesday. And that's almost like All-American game week type stuff. Three different games. And, you know, 
actually the number could climb to eight by the time all things are said and done for maybe eight or nine future Bulldogs uh, in a five-day span, and that's pretty hard to do, my, my man. Well, let's talk about that for a moment, and we'll kind of work our way back. As you see on the screen, Tyler Williams made the commitment to George earlier this week. I want to get there eventually, but as you and I are speaking on a Thursday afternoon and a short show airing on Friday, you were in uh, Moultrie last night on Wednesday night for Cockle County and Lincoln. You got Raylan Wilson on the Lincoln side of things. You got Cockle County with a couple George commits, Nicar, Landon Thomas uh, of the 2024 class there. What did you make of those prospects, future guys in the Georgia offense, and really one of the biggest names possible for Georgia in this 2023 class on the defensive side? What did you make of the battle between these guys on Wednesday night? Yeah, well, first of all, I guess I got to just speak uh, from the heart here. And, you know, one of the things that sticks to my mind about last night is I was really hoping to see 2024 wide receiver nine car play. And, um, you know, it's really not a great subject, Brandon. I, I've learned that he's missed now two games mm. because of, you know, violations, rules, school okay. policy, team policy. And that's a guy that, you know, number 10 wide receiver in the country. You know, Tyler Williams starts a narrative that the All-American dudes, those top 100-level dudes, those number one SEC-type receiver dudes uh, are going to go to Georgia now. And I think Nikar was important in the Georgia class uh, to kind of continue getting more guys. And people wonder why that's important into 2024. I'm going to tell you why. Because when Georgia goes and plays these games right now, with Stetson Bennett looking to go over the top or make a lot of plays when teams will press Georgia eventually, and you take away a, an A.D. Mitchell right now, you, you have Ladd McConkey not completely healthy and performing well, and all of a sudden the Georgia receiver room uh, is not special. Uh, Tyler Williams called it the best receiver room in the country, but you need more nine cars. You need more Tyler Williamses like that. Um, on the bright side, Brandon, Raylan Wilson, I tweeted out a lot of good stuff about him last night. Brandon, toughness level really impressed me with, with Raylan Wilson. Two things. Number one, he was dealing with a shin injury, Brandon, and he kept rolling out there, man. He kept rolling out there. Now, he would miss some snaps on defense, some series or two on defense, but then he would come in and he would return punts, he would return kicks. This is a linebacker, Brandon. we got to remember this. A elite top one, top two, top three linebacker in the country. And the second thing, the thing I really wanted him to see was how well Raylan Wilson could drop and cover and take away those zones, take away those holes in the defense. And he wasn't on a great leg, Brandon. He wasn't 100%. He looked like he could do that. There was one sequence, Brandon, where uh, I think in a six- or seven-play sequence, he had two TFLs, one quarterback pressure, and a couple of tackles, man. In stretches, man, he was very, very good. And all I can say about Landon Thomas, is when he gets to Georgia, Brandon, a lot of going to a lot of people are going to be very, very happy with the Todd Hartley lineage. Five star tight end looks like a five star tight end, plays like a five star tight end. He had some wildcat snaps. He had some fullback snaps. Brandon, he's not running jet sweeps like Brock Bowers, but uh, he has shown the ability to score a lot of times in the red zone on the ground so far as a junior. And he's about six four and a half, two forty five. Probably the best thing you'll like to hear out of this whole quick running narrative report is that Randy's the number one tight end in the country. He's a five-star, and he is not taking any other visits to any other schools. He's locked in. He loves Georgia's tight end history, and he says, why else would I need to go look at anywhere else where I've got Georgia committed as my school? 
I think it's really interesting. And we talked about Brock Bowers a little bit before you joined us. And in the person of Bowers, you see the possibility that Georgia can have a tight end as the best player on the roster, maybe one of the best players in the entire country. That's the new horizon he creates for Georgia that position. The guy that's followed him to UGA, Oscar Delp, you could envision in a future year, you know, Delp could be the same kind of player, at least a similar kind of player. You know, maybe you said that about Lawson Lucky in the class of 2023, but when you do look ahead to uh, a guy like Thomas in the class of 2024, this is another one of those guys, like, among the very top recruits in the country for that next signing class in 2024, and another one of these guys that can make you think at Georgia that your best player could be a tight end. That's something that a lot of programs in the past haven't been able to say, but at Georgia, that's both, I think, a reflection of how the tight end position has evolved and also how Georgia as a program has evolved, that when you're thinking about Georgia's short list of best players in the program, you're thinking about tight ends as being a big part of that. And, Brandon, I guess I'll just go ahead and make this conversation really spicy. Uh, now, I'm not telling anybody to raise any glasses or pop any courts here, but that official visit with uh, Kent State last weekend for Deuce Robinson, that was encouraging. Uh, I think Georgia did something there uh, with Deuce Robinson in the 2023 class, man. That's the number one tight end uh, in the country, 6'6", six, 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 220. Um, not saying he's coming to Georgia, mm. but I'm saying the possibilities of him choosing Georgia – really went up a lot in my mind's eye with what happened there. And, Brandon, let's just be honest. Todd Hartley pulls in Deuce Robinson to play baseball and football at Georgia. I mean, he's, he'd be flexing like Aaron Judge right now. Yeah. Um, the other thing to think about is, very, this is a very important point, the hard part, the easy part might just be Hartley and Georgia and Smart winning the commitment of Deuce Robinson. Because Major League Baseball could swoop in and pick him in the first round and make all this very fun chatter driving up from South Georgia a moot point in the end. Yeah, that's a very interesting evaluation of all of that. And, of course, Jeff, earlier this week, had a chance to be a part of a really wonderful commitment ceremony, I thought, for four-star wide receiver Tyler Williams. It's cool to see him have so many family and friends gathered around him. This is obviously a position of need there for UGA. And, as I talked about on the show a little earlier this week, to me the most interesting part about this was in the interview that you conducted with Williams after he made his pledge, you know, really citing the the success of the Georgia offense as the reason why he knew Georgia was the right choice for him. Jeff, there are a lot of Georgia fans like myself who've been waiting a long time to hear something like that. That's the opposite of what guys, you know, maybe would have said about this Georgia offense in the past, including on the record, such as Jaden Hazelwood and those that just had some big-time questions, skeptical they were at the time of the UGA offense. That's not what Tyler Williams was saying earlier this week, and to me it just sort of speaks to what Georgia's doing on the field. It speaks to its ability to win these kind of recruiting battles, and it's just kind of a long time coming for UGA fans, and I I can say for myself I really appreciated the chance to be a part of that earlier this week. Brandon, a lot of things stick out for me with Tyler Williams. Uh, number one, he's done. Another guy that's saying he's done. Uh, number two, you know, his mom said she kind of thought he was a dog from the first jump, from the first um, visit. And Tyler even told me that he was a dog for sure, for sure, after that Oregon game when Georgia started looking like video game wizards or something like that on their favorite Tecmo Bowl or Madden season uh, against Oregon. Those are all things really encouraging. Tyler Williams, I think, might have set my unofficial record for 
most pictures taken after a commitment ceremony. It's really clear a lot of people like him. Another thing that strikes you, Brandon, is just the good stuff you go down and you make these trips for and even maybe dodge or backpedal away from hurricanes for is, Brandon, almost every one of his youth football coaches were there. They were supporting him. They were wearing, you know, Tyler Williams affinity T-shirts. There's a lot to like about Tyler Williams in Georgia. And, Brandon, I'm not going to be telling any tales out of school here, but you and I have talked a long time. I can remember us having conversations around fire pits after big games at hotels when you stress, start getting these receivers. Got to start getting these receivers. My friend, Tyler Williams is a guy that has George Pickens-type talent, George Pickens-type ability. You watch him catch punts, Brandon. Here's a great scouting example. Everybody in the world tells their punt returner to catch the ball, two hands underneath the ball, bring it in. Tyler Williams has all the freedom in the world to go up and high point the ball at his at his college. I mean, excuse me, at his high school. He really just goes up and catches the punts over his head on the run because he feels like it gives him a better jump and a better head start on returning punts. Guy returns kickoffs. The guy holds for extra points. He can play multiple positions, X, Y, Z, for Georgia. The people that have scouted him and know him well that I really trust tell me they look at Tyler Williams and they see a five foot seven receiver in a six foot three, two hundred five pounder's body. Very interesting to say, Jeff, and a uh, interesting evaluation of who can be a really good player in the future for Georgia and satisfying, as you said, a very big-time position of need for the dogs there as well. We're on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel today, and as I'm traveling this week, flying even right now as you hear me uh, speaking to you, I'm recording this because I'm flying to Columbia, Missouri, then or I should say flying to St. Louis, driving over to Columbia there after that. Jeff driving around a bunch there too. And, of course, as we're traveling around, those AAA membership cards, they always keep me uh, safe and comfortable as I'm moving around here, and they can do the same thing for you there too. But when you think about AAA, I want you to think about more than just that there. I want you to be a thing about them as a great option for your insurance there, home insurance in particular here. And one of the great ways in which AAA takes care of you from a home insurance standpoint is through what they call their disappearing deductible. That means that when you have your home insurance through AAA with disappearing deductible, you can have your reduct, uh, deductible reduced by $50 every policy year that you go claim free. That's an incredible incentive you get for getting your home insurance through AAA. That's up to $500, by the way. And it's just one of the many options offered via AAA. So find them online, AAA.com slash home insurance. That's AAA.com slash home insurance. Or give them a call, 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075 to find a branch near you. One of the things that uh, Jeff's gotten some chatter here a little bit this week is the fact that Samuel Mpemba, the five-star edge rusher, who you've obviously recently written about there at dognation.com, sounds like he's planning on seeing UGA again here this weekend. That's a little bit of an unusual thing for a guy like that to, to see George on the road. Well, what's the backstory behind Mpemba here with this? Well, I believe uh, IMG Academy is playing in Missouri this okay. weekend. I believe I believe that's the backstory. And you know, Brandon, there there are a lot of uh, the continued right of a lot of dogs really wanted Brandon. The thing that you know, one of the things everybody saw the video a couple weeks ago. I thought it was rare video of Kirby Smart giving Samuel and Pimba a laugh around the stadium. Thought it was pretty cool how Samuel told me that. Excuse me, Sam. He liked Sam. Let me get that straight. Uh, Sam told me that it, it meant a lot to him for Kirby Smart, who has a lot on his plate, has a lot of demands on his time to do that, and it really meant a lot to him. And then 
You got his, you got his guy down there, Gabe Harris, working on him. AJ Harris working on him. Uh, Raylan Wilson told me last night that that's a guy he hopes and and certainly hopes and going to do everything he can to make sure is a dog as well. And you know, Brandon, you start putting these pieces together, and uh, again, uh, the 2022 class, guys that are already there. Bear Alexander, Malachi Starks, Christian Miller, Mar- Marvin Jones, Darius Smith, Humphrey, Everett. I mean, I've got to get all these guys' names in, but those guys with what's coming defensively in the 2023 class with an edge rusher like if Samuel Impemba chooses the dogs, I don't think there would be any need to get him on the field early. He would need and use and utilize that red shirt. But, Brandon, all these guys in the 2022 and 23 class, Come to Georgia, sign with Georgia, and even 70% of these guys develop like they should, not not overachieve, just develop as they should. Man, that Georgia defense is going to be ridiculously good. Yeah, so we'll finish with this. You mentioned Robinson a little earlier, Mpemba right there. Those are just two of the seven players rated in the top 25 of the composite player rating for the class of 2023 who are uncommitted. So pretty obvious that Georgia's way down the road in Mpemba. And based on what you said a moment ago, maybe uh, making some inroads here with Robinson there too. Beyond that, you think about James Smith, Quay Russo, guys like that. You know, what are – I'm not talking about who's the next to commit. I'm talking about what are those big recruiting storylines on the horizon. We are moving into the stretch time of the year for Georgia on the field. But beyond that, these are also the final months before the early signing period here for this class of 2023. So what are the other big building blocks you're watching for? Is it Georgia getting back involved with the player who's already committed? Is it Georgia thinking about some of those elite prospects who still haven't made their pledge yet? You know, what are the big blocks here right now for Georgia? I think there's three food groups planning, Brandon, excuse me, three food groups that Georgia's planning to target for the remainder of the cycle here. Of course, they're going to recruit a lot of their committed guys like they're undecided because that's the way you hold on to them in this name, image, and likeness landscape. But I think you're talking about edge rushers there in Pemba. That's a guy Georgia will target heavily. Uh, Damon Wilson, that's a guy that I think Georgia is really strong with. I still have him among the top three, top four, top targets each week on before the hedges. So that's, those are your edge rushers. Then your defensive line targets. You got a guy like Davian Hobbs who just took his official visit to Tennessee. You got Marcus Deal who just took his official visit to Georgia. And then you got Jordan Big Baby Hall. Uh, that's the guy that I think Georgia is really going to prioritize. They're going to recruit him harder, I believe, continue to recruit him harder than a guy like James Smith. Brandon, first of all, I got to say this James Smith is an incredible football player. He's gotten so much better his senior year. He's lost about 30 pounds, looking great. I think Quay Rousseau will be a future All-SEC player in the SEC. Having said that, I don't see either one of them going to Georgia right now. I see Georgia's chances with them continuing to fade, like some of the fades recently from Caleb Downs and Hakeem Williams and other guys that proved to be accurate. I think the remainder there for Georgia's class, and you'll probably get giddy when you hear me talk about it, is running back. That's Roderick Robinson. Is there a flip there? When is he taking his official visit to Georgia? I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. He recently took an official visit to Texas A&M. Roderick Robinson, the state of California, Brandon, has been very good to the University of Georgia football program lately. And he's out of California. He's currently committed to UCLA, but he is doing some of that window shopping 
with official visits this fall. They had a game earlier this year with like 423 yards and eight touchdowns. Georgia continues to recruit him heavily. People are going to wonder, like, you know, who's the running backs in this class? I think a young man out of uh, Appling County, a former teammate of uh, Darius Smith, Jalen Johnson is a guy to watch there. Uh, also a couple of guys in the state of Georgia, Jordan Louie, and also the, uh, the, the Wilcox kid out of South Pauling High School. Those are some names that, you know, Del McGee is kind of circling and waiting for that final senior year evalu- evaluation. Um, but I'll tell you this, Brandon, what Georgia is looking for now is that I won't call him the Warwick Dunn type back, even though that's the one that, that jumps in my head because Georgia would never take a back that weighs 180, 185 pounds. But they want that guy that's going to catch a lot of those extended handoffs right now. Because when I look at the Georgia roster right now, perhaps the only one that's really not just able and capable to do it, but a plus player, an all-conference-type talent catching the ball out of the backfield, I think that's Kenny Mack right now. I think that's the only one of those guys that does it naturally. So I think what Georgia's going to look for there, besides a bunch of yards, besides a 220-pound guy that can run fast, is they want to get a guy that can catch six passes out of the backfield and get about 70 or 80 yards against a, guy, against a team like Oregon. Those are the guys that Munkin has told McGee to look for in this class. All right, Jeff, safe travels coming back here. We hope you enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll certainly look forward to uh, getting a chance to talk some UGA recruiting with you again next Friday as we're on the road assisted by AAA. We'll look forward to doing that then. Hey, man, currently from Hawkinsville, great Georgia high school football legendary town. No doubt. Brandon, you have a great great weekend, a safe trip, and I'll see you soon, man. Sounds good, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, really good stuff with Jeff Sintel there as we go on the road, assisted by AAA with him. And, of course, we'll transition to some of our big games here this weekend. And we'll do so as we're cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Of course, I'm thinking about weekends. A lot of you thinking about one of those great weekends, and you're maybe sailing out of Port Canaveral, going to Nassau in the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day Coco Cay. Because you, know, you can do like a three night sailing on something like that that, that you know leaves and kind of there on the weekend. We do our Dog Nation cruise coming up in April. We're actually leaving out on a Monday. That's a four night sailing for us, but they also have the three night sailing there as well. So if you want to think about great weekends, a Royal Caribbean getaway can be a great weekend for you. Or if you want one of the longer seven-night sailings, that's what I'm looking forward to in February, on one of those big Oasis-class ships with the great entertainment, the specialty restaurants, the kinds of things that make Royal Caribbean really my top choice, my only choice for cruise vacations. Uh, That's really fun, too. But we want you to think about that great cruise with Dog Nation coming up in April, enjoying the entertainment on board, Independence of the Seas, Broadway-style shows, all the live music at the various you know, venues and lounges, plus getting a chance to go to Perfect Day Coco Cay and going to Nassau and having some special Dog Nation events there, too. I want you to reach out to my friend Jessica Slater. This is a great travel agent specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean to get the best experience as you book your cruise with Dog Nation or any of the Royal Caribbean cruises you plan on taking in late 2022 heading into 2023. You can find her online. The website she's made specifically for our Dog Nation cruise is royaldogs.com. That's royaldogs.com. You can also give her a call 770-718-9147. 770-718-9147. She's going to get you booked up and ready to go on a great Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. And uh hope you'll be with us for our very special Cruise with Dog Nation, a vacation with Dog Nation, if you will, 
coming up in April, leaving on April 24th, Independence of the Seas, the big celebration of the NFL draft and final night. It's going to be a great experience. We'll look forward to having you with us for all of that. All right, we're going to kind of look around at some of the big games of the weekend. We'll make these picks official on Friday night as a part of Go With The Flow, presented by R.S. Andrews. I gave you a kind of an early preview of this and kind of kind of sharpening it up now and giving you some sort of final thoughts on this. We talked about Georgia on the road at Missouri uh, a little earlier in the show. Georgia's recent success in these kinds of road games, that's enough for me to like Georgia minus the 28 points there against the Tigers. The trend, as I mentioned to you earlier, goes against Alabama on Saturday at Arkansas. In recent games like this, they haven't been great the way you think of Alabama's being. But I'm going to assume here for a moment that Alabama does have the rise-up factor against Arkansas. I don't quite think that there's the kind of program erosion that would suggest that suddenly in the two games that have mattered this season, Alabama's struggling to beat Texas and some sort of struggle here at Arkansas. Sam Pittman, of course, a coach I respect. Arkansas, a team I respect. Great pair of coordinators. Probably a better pair of coordinators on the Arkansas sideline than Alabama currently has right now. But these are the spots that over the years, Alabama has just sort of seemingly risen up and played well. And I'm I'm, I'm sort of guessing that happens again. Although, as we mentioned earlier in the show, on the road, not a place that's been kind uh, to Alabama there as late. Uh, Kentucky at Ole Miss, we told you on Thursday's show that Rich Scangarello, the Kentucky offensive coordinator, was saying of his quarterback, Will Levis, that he's going to be uh, number one pick taken in the uh, upcoming NFL draft. I, I just, I, If that's the case, these are the kinds of games you show up because you're on the road in the SEC as a touchdown underdog. If you are that good, and he you know played okay against Florida, but if you are that good, that was a road game earlier this season, but if you're that good, that's the spot where you show up. The truth is, right now, folks, I actually just don't think Kentucky's very good. And yes, they got a high ranking, and yes, they're undefeated. But the truth is, a lot of the the I think the reputation that you have with the Wildcats is kind of stemming from times in which they've played better than expectations. You want to go back over their last ten games in SEC play. The truth is, the Wildcats have actually failed to cover in three of the last four games they faced an SEC foe. Now, prior to that, covered six straight. There was a time in which. It seemed like on a weekly basis, Kentucky was exceeding expectations, doing better than the market expected them to do. But as of late, that's just not quite been the case you know, quite as much. And I don't think this is a Kentucky team right now that's moving the football as well as it would have a year ago. They scuffled a little bit against you know, Group of Five FCS competition here leading into the start of conference play. They got the win against Florida, but that win I think is cheapened by the fact that Florida's lost again since then. So I just don't quite know what you make of that. I do find it interesting, though, elsewhere in the SEC, A&M going on the road to Mississippi State. To me, and listen, you should do your own research, make your own decision, but when you see a ranked team as an underdog to an unranked team, that's a little bit of a blind bet for me. That's a little bit of a, somebody knows something that the public doesn't know here. Now, Mississippi State's the home team, so they're getting mostly the edge based on the home field advantage, but still getting a little bit of favor in comparison to an A&M team that everyone see you know, beat Arkansas last week and everybody saw beat Miami the week before that. The truth is what I think the unspoken subtext of this game is is that even against wins, and right now A&M's actually beaten top 10 teams in three consecutive matchups even when, when, when they face that level of competition, but even against wins the last couple of weeks, the changeover to Max Johnson, at quarterback, hasn't brought very much. I do think that Devin Chain, the running back, probably the best player on the field for either team on Saturday, but in all honesty, Miami 
in losing to A&M. The Aggies weren't all that impressive in, in that game a couple of weeks ago. And if you don't have the 14-point swing of the Arkansas fumble by K.J. Jefferson when they were going in to score, A&M took it back for a touchdown. If you don't have the kick that sort of doinks off the upright at the end of that game, Arkansas probably wins. And the evaluation of A&M right now might be a little bit different. Now, shoulda, woulda, coulda, A&M does get the win in both those spots. But in terms of projecting them for the future, I, I can't support them right now against Mississippi State in this spot. Not right now, at, at least. Outside the SEC, biggest game involving ranked opponents outside the league is NC State going to Clemson. Clemson struggled last week and barely won against Wake Forest. I believe they probably played better at home on Saturday. Uh, now, weather here could be a factor. Keep your eye on that. But at 6.5 on the number, do like the Tigers there in that spot. And then two final points here as well, kind of away from our uh you know sec games of note top 25 games of note the biggest gambling story of the weekend is actually going to be this in games involving service academies which we do have coming up on saturday air force hosting navy the under has hit in eight straight games when you've pitted service academy versus service academy and uh 41 of the last 50 times that service academies have played the game has landed under there as well so very little points being scored when service academy teams have met against each other as air force and navy do coming up on saturday so much so that the total for navy air force this upcoming weekend actually opened at 34 and a half and has since there, there's been steam to the over a little bit here up to about 37 and a half at last check but you got to keep something in mind here Air Force has scored more than 40 points on its own in three of its four games this season, yet looking at a total on Saturday of just 37.5. Something seems really weird with that, right? If you care about gambling at all, this is going to be a pretty big story and probably one that you'll be hearing about at some point in time and you know, maybe an opportunity there as well for an Air Force team that's scoring a ton in a game in which points are typically hard to come by. Right now, odds makers kind of side, side, siding with the long-term trend here, but that's worth paying attention to and then one final thing I'll give you so I told you on Thursday's show that something also seems a little weird to me right now about LSU Auburn Auburn's not a good team they've proven that but I'm not quite so sure LSU's a good team either now this game has been bet up heavily on the LSU side at last check it's somewhere like nine nine and a half so the spread is climbing in favor of LSU here right now and admittedly and I'm going to tell you more about this on go with the flow presented by rs andrews on friday night on the dog nation video channels admittedly i don't have the guts to take auburn here in this spot i don't although if you want to go back to look ahead lines in the summer at one point in time auburn is actually a slight favorite in this game there's there's been a little bit of heavy movement on the lsu side but i still don't have the guts to take auburn in this spot because i don't think auburn's very good but i'm also as i said a little suspicious of lsu too so here's a a a side that might be worth considering here look at team total under on lsu i found it at 27 and a half i'm gonna need lsu to kind of prove something to me on the road on saturday and i think that individual team total on lsu going underneath that don't have the guts to to take auburn to cover don't even have the guts to take the full game total because it seems frankly really really low but lsu 27 and a half might consider doing that at least as a little bit of a skeptical play against an LSU team that might be looking ahead to next Saturday at home against Tennessee 
will make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. By the way, speaking of picks and bets and things like that, if you want to get your own action down in your own games, if you think you can pick games better than I do, you probably can. Then our friends at MyBookie, a great way for you to show that and put your money where your mouth is because it's winning season right now at MyBookie. That means that you can get your account opened up there, use the promo code DOGNATION, and then when you do, you're going to get like a big deposit bonus, like 100% deposit bonus when you sign up there. That means you put in $400, they'll give you $400 in your account there as well. That means before you make your first bet, before you win your first bet, you've already got a double in your account what you're started with. You're literally kind of already a winner. And then you can use that to make your bets and win even more after that. Because with my bookie, it's that simple. You play, you win, you get paid. But you got to use the promo code DOGNATION to take advantage of the big deposit sign-up bonus with our friends at MyBookie. Find them online, MyBookie. Use the promo code DOGNATION, and you are on your way after that to a big deposit bonus and a chance to bet on anything, anywhere, anytime with our friends at MyBookie. Hope you will check that out. Of course, as we head towards our weekend, we're obviously thinking about our big finish presented by the Finish Long Drink. And we love celebrating the weekend around here. And obviously, when we talk about the Finish Long Drink, a lot of times we sort of talk about being outside, the warm weather, and you know a lot of pool beach type stuff for us with the Finish Long Drink. That's always fun for me. But I'm going to kind of go back to a little bit of a blast from the past. I believe I've shown you this one before, but it just kind of reminds me of, hey, finish long drink is not just for that warm weather time of year when you're outside enjoying the sunshine and the the pool or the beach or something like that. As you head towards that time of year and it starts getting a little darker, a little earlier, you can certainly enjoy some of that there as well. In fact, let me show you this as part of our big finish here this week, heading towards the weekend. Uh, we will uh, we'll see that then uh, for that. A, a great-looking tweet and a great-looking celebration of what is going on there. So you can enjoy yourself the uh, Big Finish your own weekend here too with our friends at the uh, Finish Long Drink. So find them online, thelongdrink.com, and you can put in your zip code and you can find out where you can pick up some Finish Long Drink if you've never tried it before, no matter which variety of the Finish Long Drink you like to try, whether it be the Cranberry, the Long Drink Strong, which is 8.5% alcohol by volume, Long Drink Zero, Long Drink Traditional, that's a blue can with the grapefruit flavor, and the uh, great gin kick to go along with that. You can try the finished long drink here today on all of that. And you will certainly, certainly enjoy that. And we always love kicking off the weekend in style with the big finish presented by the finished long drink. All right. And we also enjoy closing on our weekend style here. And obviously, we're thinking about being in Columbia, Missouri. In fact, that's when we're pre-recording today's show because by the time you hear this, I'll essentially be you know, wheels down in the state of Missouri, in St. Louis, heading over to Columbia for the game there on Saturday. Dog fans hope to see many of you there. In fact, that's the subject of our golden shoe today. Our buddy Arnold Santiago checking in to say, can't wait to watch Georgia football under the lights of Missouri Stadium. Dog walk's going to be around 5 or 15 at dusk, baby. Super excited. You're coming to Missouri BA. Uh, go Dogs! Last time he played at night, Eason threw the winning pass to McKenzie way back in 2016. So Arnold Santiago remembering that. Got that Braves World Series championship logo as his Twitter avatar. So looking forward to seeing Dog fans there in Missouri. Obviously rooting on the Braves there as well. Big weekend series for them against the New York Mets. All of that on our mind. And speaking of teams we hate in orange and blue, how about lousy, stinking Gators here as well? 5,013 days since they've won a national championship. That is our Gator Hater Updater. And back in Jacksonville again, 29 days from right now for our Gator Hater Countdown. And let me also show you this there as well. As we wrap up today, our brand new T-shirt in the Dog Nation store. Now, this one's probably 
uh, inside out. So let me see if I can turn this around, get this uh, for everybody to see here. Lousy, stinking Gators indeed. How much do you love this? You're getting ready for Jacksonville. You're getting ready for them. You want to let them know what you think about them. If you go to the store, top of the page at dognation.com, you can show off that lousy, stinking Gators T-shirt. So click the link right there. You can get your Eddie the Blind Squirrel T-shirt. You can get your lousy, stinking Gators T-shirt. Gator haters first and foremost. That's what we believe good Georgia fans are. Best way to be a Gator hater is to get that Eddie T-shirt, Get that uh, lousy, stinking Gators t-shirt all available for you at the Dog Nation store, top of the page at dognation.com. You'll have a great weekend. I'll see you in Columbia there on Saturday. Hope you enjoy the game. We'll talk to you back here on Monday for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. We'll talk to you then, everybody.